everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Black Dan Silky of WinnersComing.net here with uh, Mia Johnson of DorksideOfTheForce.com. We come to you every week to bring you the news you need to know as long as that news involves you know, space lasers, dragons, um, television, movies, this sort of thing. Uh, Mia, I am fine today. How are you? That's an inadequate answer, Dan. I'm fine today, but a little birdie tells me today's your birthday. <laughs> so, happy birthday. How are you enjoying it so far? It's miserable, Mia. I am um, past the point where I'm excited for my birthday, and now each one is another marker on my uh, slow march toward the grave. But thanks for asking. I, I love starting the show off with this energy, Dan. This is amazing. <laughs> I do too. I mean, no, but birthdays, I don't know. I was never a huge birthday person. It's like, I don't know. It's, it always seemed to be like, why am I getting, I don't get a presence, but all I did was like, I didn't have anything to do with my own birth. I don't know. It's a whole thing, but yes, thank you very you much. Are, I appreciate it. And all the yeah, yeah. very nice. And if any of you out there want to, um, you have birthday, which I appreciate that. Hi, Julie. Good to see you. Um, Julie won, I think this week's Monsa Wick Club prize. If any of you want in on that, we can post some stuff in that later. Also, if I look better in the lights, because I have a new ring light, I'd show you it, but it's attached to the camera, which is why I look like um, a, a a supermodel emerging from a yeah. mist. All yeah, right. Hollywood movie star, you've got the haircut, it's your birthday, you know, you're really, you're really doing a thing. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for watching, everybody. And today we're going to talk about a couple of things. We got Superman reboot coming, we got WandaVision review, we got Riot and the Last Dragon review. But first I wanted to start off with, you know where we live in Game of Thrones land and note some interesting news is coming out lately about Mr. George R.R. Martin, author of A Song of Ice and Fire, creator of Game of Thrones, um, elderly person who has written a thousand things over his long career. And I mentioned that because um, lately, the, okay, in, in the past like week and a half, we have learned that George R. R. Martin is making a HBO show, a show for HBO called Roadmarks, I'm patient of an old Roger Zelazny novel. He's also producing with Tessa Thompson um, a kind of post-apocalyptic Sudanese fantasy novel. And then apart from that, there were two, there are two independent movies going into production that adapt stories of his that he has nothing to do with. Like he's not producing these at all. It's just Hollywood deciding we want to make these George R. R. Martin stories. There's one that is Sand Kings, a 1979 novelette. And by the way, I have a difference between a novel, a novella, and a novelette for this, if you want to know. Um, <laughs> and a short story called Sand Kings. He wrote in 79. It sounds pretty cool. It's about like um guy on a foreign planet who collects exotic pets and he collects some pets that he abuses and they get out and they, you know, serve him his just desserts. It sounds pretty twisted <laughs> and cool. Yeah. That's going to be made for Netflix by Gore Verbinski, who you might remember as the guy behind the three good Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Okay, about. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? That's fine. Um, and then uh, Paul W.S. Anderson, who is the guy behind the Resident Evil movies, the guy behind... Oh, I'm sure other stuff, but he made like six of those things. Oh, that monster hunter that, monster hunter that just came out is going to adapt uh, in the land of the lost. I'm sorry, the lost lands. That's a different thing, um, which is kind of a sword and sorcery 82 thing with Mila Jovovich and Dave Batista. And again, these are not 
Martin produced things. These are things that are being made based on his work from like decades ago. Yeah. By independent producers. And I thought it was just interesting to look at that and think about, well, Mia, I, I'll ask you and <laughs> I, I, I'll warn you, there is a correct answer to this question. At least oh. as I think so. Why do you think suddenly such an interest in non-Game of Thrones properties written by George R. R. Martin? In non-Game of Thrones properties? Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I haven't studied for this quiz. I mean, off the top of my head, of course, I think that it is just kind of his name recognition that um, people, you know, basically, I think since Game of Thrones had done so well, people just automatically trust that, you know, he can do and write anything else that he pleases. And I mean, he has, but now to see it be adapted, they're like, well, if it's from George R. R. Martin, then, you know, why not? So, I mean, that would make sense to me. Just slap his name on something and it is from him. So can't go wrong. Oh, totally. There's something almost lazy about it in that, like, you know, he had this giant hit, Game of Thrones. Uh-huh. And then naturally people are going to just sort of use it as a shorthand of, well, that was a success. Let's have anything else he did says too. It reminds me of like, remember the 90s, you probably don't remember the 90s. Remember uh, the 90s, like Hollywood could not make enough like John Grisham legal thrillers. Like he had one hit this guy and suddenly it's like the Pelican Brief, the firm. Christmas hmm. with the cranks, like everything he wrote got made into a movie, <laughs> regardless of whether it would make a good one. And some of them didn't. Or like Stephen King, like think about that. Yeah. Like how many movies are there of Stephen King things? Like the like from Cujo to Pet Cemetery to Harry to The Shining to yeah. After Sleep to like his his minor stuff, his major stuff, it all gets adapted. And sometimes I think it's not so much because it's, you know. He has brilliantly bracing new original work all the time because people know it. People know the name. Yeah. They know the name and they know the brand. And that is gold in Hollywood. Yeah. You want that familiarity. So it does seem like late in his life, George R. R. Martin is kind of becoming a go-to uh, source for creative material. People can just kind of mine and just take his ideas. Not so much because they're the best ideas. And don't get me wrong. I'm sure the stories are very good. Yeah. But because they're they're there and people know something about them now that they know the author. It's kind yeah. of like a Hollywood heuristic shorthand for creative development. Jeez. <laughs> no, yeah, when you put it that way, it makes sense. I can see it kind of being like, because I don't I have never heard of these other novels or novellas or whatever you've called it before. So, you know, they've, they've not kind of invaded pop culture the way that they have even kind of like the game of Thrones novels has. So yeah, in one sense, it does make you wonder, are these worth adapting for the screen? Um, I don't doubt that they'll find a, you know, a a way to make it interesting to say the least, but yeah, it, it is like, in any other circumstance, if like had Game of Thrones not happened at all, would you oh. have adapted this? <laughs> would you get Sam Kings on there? Somehow I doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. It, it just shows like, you know, how um, opportunity driven and almost luck driven the the, yeah. the the industry is. There's lots of great work out there, but folk like what they know. And and that, and, and that's fine. Um, and of course, he's also doing the things for HBO and working with winner. I'm sure he's other stuff, but. Good for him for having a late in life renaissance of his work. Yeah, why not? <laughs> and by the way, uh, by the way, do, do you want to know the difference between a short story, a novella, a novelette, and a you novel? Know, yeah. There are differences. yeah, humor me, please. Okay, great. All right. 
So a short, it's just length. Short story is the shortest, and then a novelette, and then a novella, and then a novel. That's the, that's the order. If you ever need to know that in the future, any of you out there that you're welcome. The information. Excellent. Excellent. I always need to keep my pen and paper around so I can take notes. <laughs> and thank you, Joni. Great, great birthday. And of course, it says money, 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 which is, yeah, more or less it. familiarity is good for the ticket sales. All right. Oh, also George R. R. Martin is making that new uh, video game Elden Ring from the Dark Souls people, which had a trailer leaked, which is also mm-hmm. kind of, you know, just, Get his name on there. Why not? Yeah, why? <laughs> like and stuff. Yeah. And also, a brief shout out to Indira Varma for uh, joining the Obi Wan Kenobi show. She played Hilaria Sand, of course, in Game of Thrones. That's cool. She's good. She's a solid actress. Brings a lot of passion and verve. Any any idea who she might play? Star Wars expert. Um, there was a listing, kind of like a um, you know, casting call listing I had seen like a month or two more than two months ago. Um, that said they needed sort of like a companion for Obi Wan. Um, I don't know if this was like a villain or just kind of a right hand woman sort of thing. So she might be that. Some people think I don't know if she would be um Duchess Satine as someone who was like in the Clone Wars and was like Obi Wan's love interest. I don't know if she'll be that. I think she'll be probably a completely separate character who I don't know might be like a mentor or who knows. We come across all sorts of characters. All sorts of crazy <laughs> people in that Star Wars world. But yeah, cool for her. I mean, it's it's funny that um they notice that like the characters from House Martell seem to be doing <laughs> really, really well between her and Pedro Pascal, who played, of course. Yeah. Her lover, Oberyn Martell, also killing it over in Star Wars. It's fine. You got the Game of Thrones veterans you want. Um, actually, you know what? Before we go on to the next section, how about we have a word from our sponsor? Imagine you're in a wood. It's dark, overgrown, crowded with angry brambles and thorns that bite and pierce. If only you had a weapon to cut through this oppressive thicket and let the forest breathe again. And lo, now you do, with a manscaped lawnmower 3.0, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Trusted by millions of men worldwide, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your sensitive grooming needs. If you're interested in joining the Brotherhood of the Forest Clearing, we have an exclusive offer, 20% off, plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. And the Mighty Lawnmower is not all Manscaped has to offer. There is also Manscaped deodorant to keep the forest uh, feeling fragrant and also manscaped toner to tone it get 20% off and free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code fansided20 eh? eh? you're here okay. <laughs> okay so our next topic was going to be uh, thank you thank you Christian um <laughs> Superman, icon, yes. superhero, flies of the sky, fashion speeding bullet, stronger than a locomotive, something like that. Um, obviously a hugely iconic character, DC superhero, around for like 30,000 years. Um, he's been on the big screen recently as Henry Cavill, Henry Cavill, British man, playing an American icon, whatever, I'm fine with it. And um, they just announced, or it was leaked or whatever, that there's going to be a, another go at it. Because I don't think it's that big of a stretch to say that the Henry Cavill Superman, he's, he's liked, but he, I, I don't think he ever quite like cracked the, the upper ceiling on the box office the way Warner Brothers quite wanted him to. Like he, he never became like as beloved as 
Denny Jr.'s Iron Man or Chris Evans's Captain America or anything, even though he like has the name recognition kind of over either mm-hmm. of them. It's almost embarrassing, really. <laughs> anyway, um, Warner Brothers is making a reboot. And yes, Julie, um, I understand that you'll pass. <laughs> that makes perfect sense. I hope you enjoy the performance. Um, they're going to make a Superman reboot. They hired righty Pa Nahisi Coates, who wrote Black Panther comics, American comics, and best known for nonfiction books, like The Beautiful Struggle Between the World and Me. And, okay, J.J. Um, Abrams is behind it. He is, of course, mm-hmm. a big fan of reboots. Oh, I mean, yes. He did Star Trek, reboot Star Wars, All the Man Does. Mia, what do you make of this information? What do you think of this um, I think it's an interesting act. Um, it's weird because I am both excited and a little, I don't know if I want to call it Superman fatigued. It just, it, it okay. seems to me that, I don't know. I, I think I was just so disappointed with the last iteration. I like Henry Cavill though. He makes a good Superman. He's hot. I mean, I can't complain about that. But it was just the way that character was handled from the beginning, um, which I think is kind of due to, as we were talking about last week with Zack Snyder, I think it was kind of due to that characterization of creating him as like God who doesn't fit into this world. When in fact, you know, he grew up in the middle of Kansas. He's basically been human all his life. So it never really made sense why you would make Superman this kind of like God of another world when he's, you know, basically as human as it gets. Um, you better love that stuff. And I- I'm sure it'll all be corrected in the Snyder Cut on March 18th. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So we get to see that one last iteration. But yeah, it, it is interesting um, to see kind of this comic book writer come in um, and possibly reshape how we tell the Superman story. Um, I know there were some rumors about like Michael B. Jordan potentially doing the role and while I love Michael B. Jordan, <laughs> I think he left a bad taste in my mouth after the Fantastic Four. I like I loved him as Eric Killmonger as a villain, but oh. as kind of like a as a cheesy superhero, I'm like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna work with him. <laughs> I mean, I would not blame the the the, the faults of whatever Fox did with <laughs> that bone game on any of the actors, really. Well, like, Chris Evans was in a fantastic former movie, too, and he ended up making a Oh, yeah, movie. yeah. My, I do have a friend, though, and she she kind of criticized me for, you know, kind of liking Michael B. Jordan, and she says, yeah, the B stands for bad actor, and I was like, come on. <laughs> That's not nice. Really? Michael B. Jordan? Like, Creed? It, it depends. It depends on, like, the movie and where his head is at and, and all of that. Um... But, you know, I'm willing to, to give this a chance. You know, they're bringing um, a, a black writer, which is awesome. I obviously I can't be mad at that. Um, and it looks like they're going to really want to tell a rich story with that as well. Um, so I'm definitely open. I'm not just going to be like, no, I don't want this Superman movie. But um, this is this is me saying, I hope you guys get it right this time. <laughs> well, I mean, let's talk about that aspect, because the word is that they're intending to make this not just a black writer, but like a black Superman. They want to cast a black actor as Superman. Mm-hmm. Obviously, it hasn't been done on the big screen. I imagine it's been done in some comics somewhere because comics do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, have any feelings about that? Um, 
I don't know. Yeah. It, it's again, I'm just kind of willing to go with the flow. I don't know any of the kind of background with that. Like if it will be kind of like the, who is it? Kal-El, like if it'll be the same character, but he just happens to be black or if it'll just, it'll be something where it's like Anthony Mackie as um, Falcon ends up assuming the role of Captain America, but he's not like Steve Rogers. Um, or even like Miles Morales, right? Miles Morales isn't Peter Parker, but he happens to be Spider-Man. Um, so that might be the way that they go with this. And then that'll be another interesting story as well. Like I said, I'm not like brushed up on um, the DC lore and all that, but again, it could be interesting. I wonder if they, if they might do it like they did, like like with the Joker movie with because um, uh. they have this whole thing now where they can kind of do, they, they tried for years to be Marvel and it just didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> like trying to like make this big giant universe. And then they, they seem to have more success with like doing this like kind of standalone projects where they're yeah. kind of take place in their own thing. Like they're replacing Ben Affleck as Batman. And I don't think they're going to act like it's a continuation of the old ones. It's going to be something new. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like some of them like Aquaman and Wonder Woman still like knowledge like, in the same thing, but it, it's much looser now. So yeah. I wonder if it can just like, we can make a Superman with this actor and we can do it be, and they make a trilogy. But it doesn't yeah. all have to like it doesn't. They, they seem doesn't have to have the burden of linking everything up perfectly and making sure it all flows mm. like Marvel does, which for them works beautifully. Obviously, it has been for a while now. But like they tried it, it didn't work, and I, and I think now they might just be. I, I mean, it, it it can be a good thing because you're more open to experimentation, and trying different stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Like if you were stuck with Cavill, whether you wanted him or not. By the way, Julie agrees with you that. He's hot, but something just not right with the story. Um, this could kind of open you up to like, okay, that didn't work, but let, let's pivot a bit. Rather yeah. than like trying to be Kevin Feige and like, this didn't work, but how do we like justify that being in the next thing and like find an explanation for this that didn't quite work, but shift it around again. Mm-hmm. It's like, Zack Snyder was never that guy. He was never that guy. He was never the detail-oriented super nerd just going to like, you know, like, just like pick it with, with like a little like tiny little <laughs> instruments like make sure everything works like a clock he just isn't that person. Yeah. he is yeah. the jesus person he is big giant um image and statement person he was not exactly. that guy yeah. so, so sure, if you want to keep employing folk like that just have them do their own thing for each movie yeah. rather than trying to yeah. clean it all up yeah so a little more i think if they can make the character a little more like very much so down to earth <laughs> in many senses of the word. Um, and yeah, just kind of, you know, Marvel does that well where it's like, you know, these are superheroes, but as we will talk about in WandaVision, like they do have their own problems that are very much human and that we can relate to. Whereas, yeah, the whole kind of Snyder verse that was being created was just like, you know, we're superheroes and we don't know what the heck is going on on earth. <laughs> and that just sort of happened to be the plot. Um, so yeah, I, the more I talk about it, the more I am a little more optimistic. I'm willing to give them another shot and see how they work things out. Yeah. Uh, speaking of WandaVision, want to head on over to that to, to Westview? Uh, yeah. Oh, what did we have? There was a note about Superman and Lois. I've been hearing a lot of good things about that. Me too, yeah. Yeah, getting, um, so it's renewed for a second season. Oh, yeah, like two days after the premiere happened. So, yeah. I mean, Superman is, is kind of a weird one to get right. It seems like Hollywood's had a pro- trouble, like, getting him to stick yeah. for a while. <laughs> 
Like, I remember when they tried that thing with Brandon Ruth years ago. Yeah. Like, it kind of, like, went, like, sort of nowhere-ish. Meanwhile, yeah, Christian Bell's Batman is, like, becoming, like, an icon or whatever. Yeah. Um, they, 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 they just can't seem to get him quite right. And, um, sure, try something new. I wonder if it's like with the Arrowverse and the CW, it's a lot cheesier and you can have a lot more fun with it. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's just kind of been the appealing thing is that they can just kind of let it go and be like that comic book TV show where, you know, there's a lot of kind of excitement, but it's still kind of like, you know, oh, this is so weird or so crazy. Um, but yeah, good for them. I've been seeing it blow up on my timeline. So that's awesome. I might watch it. We'll see what happens. I believe it's on HBO Max. Anyway, over on Disney Plus, we are of course watching Quandavision, which is—I yeah. mean, it, it's definitely the first big hit of 2021. Like a lot of folk are talking about it. It definitely, to me, this definitely proves the strength of like the once a week model. I know not everyone here likes it, but like everyone, they can't shut up about it, and <laughs> oh, Disney yeah. must just be loving it. The analytics came out; it's like crushing everything else. Oh, it crushed man. Bridgerton, and that thing was huge for a while, and that all came out at once. And now yeah. it's over and it can't keep competing. If they've done it, oh, Netflix is kicking itself, what I'm telling you. Anyway, most recent episode previously on, all these TV puns, love it, um, <laughs> was sort of a let's go back into Wanda's past episode, yeah. always up the finale. And I loved it. I thought this, um, last week I was concerned that bringing uh-huh. Agatha Harkness as sort of the villain who was pulling the strings was going to absolve Wanda of responsibility, but it, it didn't. Right. I mean, it ended up that she, she did everything. She created everything. She's still torturing people, which is unfortunate, but, um, and Agatha was just attracted by it and infiltrated. And I thought like, yeah, we did of course want to learn how all this went down, how she created this sitcom universe. She's now inhabiting. Um, and I thought it was, you know, something I, I wanted to see and moving it a lot of the time. Like, look, mm-hmm. I can relate to being young and putting a lot of stock in TV shows, um, <laughs> shocker, and liking them a lot and then find with them and having nostalgia for them. Like, that, that's something I can get on board with. Yeah. So I was honestly like, oh, Wanda, I get it. You go ahead and torture those people. <laughs> not, not like that. But right. I was entertained, no. and I and I thought it um it 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 uh assuaged my fears that I had about the series kind of bought me now. That's good. Yeah, I wanted to message you, and then I was like, no, we'll talk about it on the show because I was like, oh, this definitely makes up for yeah. um last week's episode. I felt that last week's episode was it's tied for me between this between seven and three is kind of like the least strongest not it, it feels bad to say the worst but the least strongest of the episodes this one in the pregnancy one i was like okay yeah. um but no they they so redeemed themselves um in this episode eight and it was it was so emotional it caught me off guard i didn't expect i didn't expect for it to go you know that deep um into wanda's life and kind of having us you know really sympathizing and empathizing with her about everything that she's done um, in the short amount of time that <laughs> all this took place. Uh, but what had really interested me was, yeah, this spin on like, she did it, 
but now we really, it's really hard to blame her. And I was like, I feel like, you know, you really have to put the blame on Wanda. Like she's doing this, she's holding people against their will and da, 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 da. But then when they build up this story and show you, you know, how much pain she's gone through, the trauma, the people she's lost, it's like, you know, I, I can't, <laughs> there's nothing I can say about that anymore. I, I, it's kind of just like, she, to me, isn't the bad guy anymore. Well, I mean, I agree, and I also disagree with myself because, I mean, most people who do bad things, they, they, like, no one's twirling their mustache and trying to be evil, <laughs> maybe. Like, Agatha is, I guess. But, like, uh, in the real world, in my experience, most people who do bad things, they're not purposefully trying to bring evil into the world. I mean, you have explanations for what you do. Um, I still think accountability is a positive thing, especially given what we've seen her doing. But mm -hmm. I think this makes it stronger, not not weaker, that we understand where someone's coming from. Like, someone's always coming from somewhere, unless they're a sociopath, yeah. which most people aren't. Yeah, <laughs> Wanda is not. I loved how they were like, like, they are milking honest-to-God feels out of, like, Malcolm in the Middle gags of Brian Cranston being crushed by an awning. Like, that that's impressive. And also, I wonder, like, how they got the rights to the use of those clips or whether those DVD sales are going to go up. Like, the Dick Van Dyke show. Dick Van Dyke's going to get some, like, um, uh, royalties. Yeah. 98 years old or whatever he is now by himself. <laughs> some gum. Well, we got Dick Van Dyke. He's, you know, sort of Disney family with Mary Poppins. Um, it feels like um what is that the brian not the brian cranston show malcolm in the middle was a fox property but i don't know for sure um but hey i mean if disney wants to offer you some money to use your clips you say oh yes of course uh i also i like the kind there's so many things i liked about this the little comparisons like the dick van dyke episode where um it was kind of showing you you know what was going on in that specific episode she liked and then comparing it to like all the stuff we had seen Wanda do and how she dressed up. I was like, oh, that is such a cool, like, attention to detail. It was. Like, there is detail in this show. Yeah. Someone like those dots just kind of connect and bridge, you know, for, for, for any show. But this one was always built on, like, being a puzzle you put together. And this definitely yeah. built a bunch of pieces. And it's just so satisfying when something this mm -hmm. goes plop right there kind of where you know there's an empty shape but you don't know what goes there exactly boop, 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 boop. the other thing i uh, or did you have something to say no, no go on okay yeah i was gonna say the other thing i really wasn't expecting them to explore in the series at all was kind of the origin of her powers because we had always assumed that it was just like yeah she touched the mind stone and that's how she got her powers they you know manipulated her and all this stuff um, but then as you kind of saw like what Hydra was doing, it was like, well, yeah, they had probably a handful of test subjects and they couldn't handle the amount of energy that was emitting off of the Mind Stone until Wanda came. And so why is that? Oh, because she's a magic witch and, you know, da, 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 she's the Scarlet Witch. And I was like, oh, that is <laughs> such a satisfying answer. <laughs> um, what's that? Just the bit where like you're the Scarlet Witch, like oh she said it. Everybody yeah, she said the thing. <laughs> Which when they said at the beginning, I think this was like season episode three or four when they were kind of getting the rundown at the base of who she is, who Wanda is. They were like she doesn't have like any sort of alias or you know superhero name, and they were like no. And I was like, huh, yeah, that's right. I didn't think that was going to be paid off by this episode. That just like completely blew me away, and I. 
I love like the little vision or like when she saw herself like coming out of the, you know, sparkling golden light. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, that is so awesome. So yeah, it's one of the, my favorite episodes and it feels weird. It's like, how are they going to top it? <laughs> yeah. Very, very strong. I mean, again, like I said before, Marvel pays attention to detail. They are all about, yeah. you know, the way that Zack Snyder at DC is all about just smashing you with images of the Joker with a crown of thorns on his head or in a straight jacket or like whatever homo thing you can do next. Not that that's bad. It's very, very different. It is. You you play to your strengths. Yeah. There's one, I don't know if you want to call it a plot hole or kind of like a goof or a something that, you know, we learned that Wanda did, she was like building up her house in Westview, New Jersey, Mm -hmm. which Oh my God, my heart, (laughs) which was where they were going to live. And we were like, Oh, Westview is a real town. We're seeing like all the people who were the neighbors and blah, blah, blah. But when we first saw who was it, agent Jimmy Woo, he was like, or whoever it was, they were like this town, it doesn't exist. It just showed up. But Westview, we found out in this episode that Westview was a real town. So I'm kind of wondering. I thought that was because like the policemen were forgetting stuff because she was messing with their brains or something. Yeah, I don't, it seems like a stretch, but I mean, it could work. Yeah. I was like, no one has, you know, able to pull up their Google maps and see that this place does exist and go back in time and see that it does still exist. Go to your local library and see that it does exist. No, I'm joking. Was there a reason that Vision bought her a plot of land in this random Jersey town? I mean, it, it was a very emotional sequence, but I was like, uh-huh. also, you, like, how, how much are they paying you with the Avengers? Guys, I can afford it. Whatever. I mean, they're, they're pretty popular. So I guess a pretty penny. And I, it, I guess it kind of was like, you know, they really just wanted to move away and make a life for themselves. Um, in the short amount of time that they were together. It was very, very strong. And I'm looking forward to seeing how it wraps up next week. Yeah. Great. And if it can, if it can stick the landing, um, I have every hope that it will be a terrific classic to remember. To her tyrant, says Christian. Yeah, but like she was like 30 or like 29. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know if I was with somebody and they're like, we're going to move to a, a tiny small town. Like small town America is not doing too hot. Whatever. I was thinking this. She's from Sokovia. You saw her living conditions. That would have been a, a glow up, you know, in, in many senses. Possibly. Anyway, I like it a lot. Um, and Mia, I think you also watched. Is it out? already or is it coming out soon in two days two days cool the new disney animated feature raya and the last dragon or raya and the last raya yeah 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 what'd you think yeah this was awesome um so yeah Raya and the last dragon um is the next disney animated movie that they have out you know from used to be 2d animation like mulan and cinderella now they're doing 3d animation um so with stuff like Moana and Frozen and Tangled. Yes. Is that a consistent team? It's like, it's like the same people who worked on Mulan or Aladdin or whatever, like Prince and the Frog, like now doing 3D animation or are they like different teams? Um, I don't know if the specific people around, but it is, the clarification is that it's Walt Disney Animation Studio. So it's not Pixar, like Pixar does 3D oh, yeah, animation yeah. too, but it is still technically the same. I went on Wikipedia to make sure it's the same studio that has done like all those other, up, you know, it's like Snow White. Yeah, all the way back to then. So yeah, this one was really, it's 
basically just as charming and enchanting as pretty much every other Disney movie you're going to watch. Um, it almost has a plot. Like I said, I've never watched Avatar, but it almost felt like the plot, you know, like long ago, the nations were all together until the Fire Nation attacked. It is kind of like this, where there are these five nations that lived in harmony um, and then this terrible disaster happens. And now they all live apart, um, fighting one another. And um, after this disaster strikes, yeah, it's, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> it's basically up to Raya to like find this mystical gem that'll hopefully help to wipe out this plague um, and also find the last dragon who is like really? magical enough to help put the gym back together and help to, like I said, wipe it out and bring peace. Um, so yeah, Raya is played by Kelly Marie Tran who played Rose Tycho. Um, I don't know if it's Tycho or Tycho, but Rose from the last Jedi and star Wars and when the last dragon comes, we've got um, Aquafina, who plays the dragon. Sisu's really kind of like that Olaf character. Um, Dory, who's like the lovable oaf. <laughs> um, and then along the way, there's like Benedict Wong from um, Doctor Strange. Daniel Day Kim is her father. Sandra Oh plays like this evil queen who's out to get her. Um, and Gemma Chan as well plays the evil queen's like daughter who's like always sparring with Raya. So it's a packed cast. It's a really fun adventure. Um, and it's got like all that emotion that you'll find in a Disney movie. And to add on top of that, you know, kind of the influence of Southeast Asian culture, you know, like Thailand and places in that area. Um, so it's, it's definitely new. It's, it's not your old Disney movie. There's no singing. <laughs> Which, uh, it's yeah. No singing. It took me a minute to get used to it because I'm like waiting for the songs to happen and there's no songs. Um, but yeah, it's really good. It took me it took like 15 ish minutes for me to warm up to the movie. But once they kind of got into it, I was like, OK, I'm feeling it. So, um, yeah, I would songs. I'm sorry. Just, I don't know. <laughs> when I think like Disney animated movies, I think musicals. Yeah. Like, have they done many that are just like no songs at all? Yeah, I was like in recent memory. I don't because even Moana had songs. Of course, Frozen had songs. My only guess is they were using like the um, the Frozen writers are like writing all the songs for WandaVision. <laughs> so they were too busy. <laughs> and maybe Lin-Manuel Miranda was busy, too. <laughs> you get those three people. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is out um, on Disney Plus premiere access. So it's that where you have to pay, I believe, like 30 something bucks ish to rent the movie um, oh, like, like they did with Mulan. Um, like that, yeah. And it might have like a limited theatrical release where, you know, where theaters are open as well. So, um, but you can't watch it at home. Did you hear? Um, okay. And you enjoyed it. If you had to, um, to, to, to grade it letter or a number from one to 10 or a what? color from um, black to white or no red to red, red to teal. Did I give this an A? Let me see on my review. Yeah, I gave it a solid A. All um, right, there you go. Yeah, I feel like it's kind of hard not to, to give it something lower than that. <laughs> Sounds good. By the way, as Christian says, bring it back a little bit earlier, you don't want to retire in Jersey anyway. Taxes will kill you. Taxes will get you. I have a brother living in, in Jersey right now. He does complain about that a lot. Uh-huh. Um, did you hear that Disney CEO Bob Chappick was talking, to, talking at some kind of conference and just basically, he, he didn't say anything specific, but he was like, 
Yeah, there's probably no going back to the old way we did movies where we release them into theaters and they're there for a while and then we put them somewhere else. It sounds like yeah. he's on board with the whole plan of at least periodic releases straight to streaming, even after the pandemic is is fully over. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts on that? Good yeah, I mean, it just seems inevitable at this point. And if you want to see a movie in the theaters, you know, if you're feeling safe or when it's safe, I think... You know, you will. I don't think you would be oh, like, oh, I don't want to go because it, it's still an event. It's like I want to go out. I want to see it on the big screen. Um, and like we last week when I saw Judas and the Black Messiah, it was at the theater. Theaters had opened up here since then. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it. On, yeah, not, yeah. On NPR Max, and it was quite good. Okay. Was, was yeah, awesome. yeah. So yeah, it's like having that experience in the big. I was like, whoa! I was so used to seeing, you know, my little, I don't know, fifty inch or whatever this is. That when you see something that's so huge and the the bass is booming, it's like, oh, this is such an experience. So I like, you know, being able to have both options. I do too. I like options, and you make me miss the theater talking about that stuff. I, I want to get back there. Uh, when I can, obviously I will eventually, but yeah, I think options are fine. I think options are good. I think it's inevitable. And I think that history is going to bear out Warner brothers decision, despite how many feathers it ruffled to release everything simultaneously on theaters and HBO max. I think that decision is looking frankly smarter by the day. And um, I, I think they'll be vindicated eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Time will tell. Right. And that is about all we have to say about all the stuff. Any other comments, queries, interesting things to say? Um, no, I think that's about it. I'm ready to head into, I'm just ready to see the last episode of WandaVision. I'm just counting down the dates and the hours. And they're not going to let us wait long. They're having another series honest like that. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested in hearing us in podcast, we are available on Google Play, iTunes, wherever podcasts are available. And if you want to join the WIT Club, we can get access to cool prizes, extra articles, extra videos. I believe this week we monthly talked about the anime, the majesty and, mis- and misery is what I titled oh, yes. um, that discussion. That was fun. And we gave away a cool Game of Thrones globe puzzle. There's a link right there for that. Otherwise, we stream the show live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time here on the Winter Spring Facebook page and the Winter Spring YouTube page. So hope to see you back here next week. Goodbye, everybody. Thanks for watching. This podcast is brought to you by Fansighted. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. 